Left. Right. Yo, what is up, my friends? This is the latest and greatest episode of Sip Talk. We have our friend Ariana, who runs the Drinks First podcast. She's joining us. She's having some drinks, interesting drinks. Check out this podcast. Let me know what your thoughts are on dating in 2021. Let me know what outstanding questions you have that we missed. Let me know in the comments, and we'll make sure we hit them next time. Thank you, as always, for joining. If you do not already, please subscribe. It helps boost the podcast, and uh, we're trying to grow here, so I appreciate it. See you guys on the other side. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 I am digging this uh, this music. I like the cue. Welcome to Sip Talk, everyone. Uh, music is loud, though. I think that's a little little too much. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode 132. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey. I am joined, as always, by James, the Bosnator Boswell. James is a philosopher, an accountant, a professional referee, and a bartender. We have a special guest today, Ariana Nathani. Nathani? Nathani. Nathani, who is the host of the podcast Drinks First. I stumbled across this podcast on Instagram. I watched a few of your stories. I was like, this is this is good stuff. This is uh, some good material. So I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about the podcast whenever you're ready. Sure. Uh, so my name is Ariana Nathani. I'm 24. I am a born and raised New Yorker, so I've lived in Manhattan my whole life, uh, minus college. And when I came back from college two years ago, I felt like I was having the same conversation about dating with all of my friends, whether they grew up here with me or they, uh, you know, had just moved here from college, whatever it was. A lot, my, of, my... a lot of New Yorkers come from out of the city, so exactly, exactly. So. I, I have a very large network here and I felt like the conversation was the same. Dating so hard. Why is it so hard to meet someone? I'm tired of dating apps, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought, hey, like all of these people I know are smart and ambitious and attractive. And why is everyone having such a hard time? Uh, so I came up with Drinks First, which is a podcast where I interview anonymous singles in the city and my listeners have the chance to match with them. Uh, and then on the side, uh, when I'm off season, I do a spinoff series where I talk to influencers who are based in New York about their dating lives. So that's a little bit about the podcast. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool podcast. I'm probably five or six episodes deep, but then most of them are about 40 minutes or so. Yeah, they range from 40 minutes to an hour. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm jealous. You get, you get better artwork than we do. You're, you're definitely doing something very cool. Uh, it's a great podcast. Drinks first. Uh, so question for you, Ariana, wh what are you drinking? Okay. I have two things because I figured I would finish one. This is just a, a Faber and soda. Faber is one of my favorite vodkas, which is based out of Pennsylvania because I went to school in Pittsburgh. You can only buy it in Pennsylvania. And um, I have a wine spritz. Uh, from this company, Ditto, who I've I've worked with recently to throw events. So did something a little harder and something a little lighter, just in case I ran out of one or the other. <laughs> Very cool. I like the preparedness. Uh, for those of you who who missed beforehand, Ariana ran off ran off the camera to go make a drink immediately before the episode. So I I like that. That was was very cool. James, what are you drinking down there in in Charleston, South Carolina? Switching off the bush ice for tonight and going with a Charlestown Fermentary Stargazer IPA. And if I run out, I'll just go grab a bush ice. There's a place called the Charleston. Uh, what is it? Charlestown Fermentary. Oh, it's no. uh, right no. next to Jean's Halfbrow. Okay. All right. Very nice. I like the, like the, is it a local beer? Yeah. It's a Perfect. local brewery. Cool. I uh, found a box of Sam Adams their fall time sweater weather pack of beer. 
So I got some of those that have been chilling in my mini fridge next to the desk here, which is a dangerous place to have a mini fridge full of, full of alcohol. Uh, it's almost gone. There's three of them left. So they're accompanying me tonight. So to get us started, guys, this is a mostly drinking podcast. We started talking about real estate, but we end up talking about dating a lot because we like to involve a lot of the viewers and a lot of the questions we get pretty commonly. And we have a few viewer questions. If we have some time, I'll try to try to get to those. So as far as we're concerned, you're the expert on dating, right? You're, you're doing this matchmaking, got a dating podcast. Um, so we, we got a few, few questions for you, but, but you kind of answered my first question was how your podcast started. Right. You were getting a lot of the same questions, which I feel are really common. Um, and how many episodes do you have so far? Oh, my gosh. Uh, definitely over over 30 for sure. Maybe somewhere in the 40 range. I'm in the middle of uh, recording my third season right now. So I just uh, I just got off of two interviews right before this. Oh, wow. It's just right. been back to back. Um but really quickly, I do want to mention I'm not a dating expert and I'm not a matchmaker. <laughs> um, I feel like people who call themselves dating experts are not because if you're an expert, you're probably in a relationship. And if you're in a relationship, you're out of touch with how people are dating. So <laughs> very, very well, very well put, very well put. Um, my, one of my questions for you is where do you get your, your topics and your guests? Because you always have very cool guests i actually i like searching some of these names um you get you get some great guests some great content great ideas where, where do you come up with these so in terms of like my anonymous guests it started off with just being friends of mine so you know that's what i was saying i have i have a large network here so i just tapped into that initially and then as it gained traction people were asking me how they could come on and so i started casting uh, people apply to be on the show. So I have a mix now of people that I know personally, and then people who apply, uh, which is really cool, because that means, you know, I'm doing something right that people are interested <laughs> to be you involved should be with charging. It. I am maybe one day. Um, but like I said, I don't claim to be a matchmaker. That's not the business I'm in. Uh, if people are interested in matching with somebody on the podcast, they reach out to me, but it's not my job to like facilitate the connection beyond just saying, okay, you two are interested, now contact each other if you want. Um, I don't like getting involved beyond that. Uh, and then guests beyond the anonymous ones, like the influencers, uh, just, you know, networking in New York City, like showing up at events, meeting people, and uh, <laughs> DMing on Instagram has been huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your day job? My day job. So I am a digital experience designer at a large, very large healthcare company. Um, so when you mentioned artwork, that's everything I do, right? Like I'm a designer. So very specific about how things look and how they operate. And uh, I think that's why the podcast was so interesting to me because I spend all day doing human-centered design. And I realized that there was an issue with how people were connecting and that I could bring a perhaps more human element to it. All right, so are you in, by the way, we do charge our guests. We'll send you the invoice afterwards. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the are you, are you, department's on it. Yeah, are you, are you in New York now? Because you were in Miami for a while. I was in Miami for a while. I'm in New York now. Um, but I am, you know, young and, and, and manic. So I'm moving to Barcelona on Friday. Oh, uh, shit, okay. Like but, permanently? now like probably for a month but like we'll see <laughs> it's not moving that's just an extended vacation yeah, i'm working there so it's not a vacation <laughs> oh wow wow um all right so let's let's talk a little bit about dating what first first question i have is what do you think has happened over the last 18 months for dating because i you know i think a lot of people have a lot more time so there could be some benefits to that but what are your thoughts on the whole coronavirus dating situation, especially in New York City? You know, I think in the past 18 months versus the past four months have been vastly different. Uh, during, I think coronavirus kind of accelerated a lot of things that were going to happen in society. So 
including this right now, right? We're having a conversation on Zoom. We're not sitting down in person and having this conversation. Uh, so things were increasingly, they were already moving online. Coronavirus just made it even faster. Online dating existed before coronavirus, obviously. And it wasn't, it, it was the norm even before COVID, uh, at least probably between, between people in my like age bracket, which I would say is like in their 20s. Being on dating apps is not weird at this point. When I was, you know, 20, it maybe was weird. People never wanted to say they met somebody off of Tinder. I mean, even still, people don't want to say they met someone off of Tinder, well, maybe the different, the different dating apps have different... <laughs> different people. age, like, and different demographics. Uh, I think now, and, I, you know, I'm speaking specifically from that, like, 20s demographics mindset. Uh, people were craving, especially single people, were craving, uh, you know, connection and interaction during COVID. If you were sitting at home and you were lonely, you were made very aware that you were sitting at home and you were lonely. It was amplified. Uh, and I think because of that, for specifically single people, you know, things accelerated when people started getting vaccinated, things were allowed to open up. And we use hot girl summer as like a joking term, but it, I think it truly happened the energy in New York city shifted completely this summer. Um, and you said you're in Jersey. I don't, I don't know if you spent any time in the city this summer. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just moved to Jersey actually at okay. the end of last year. I'm very new to the suburbs. I've been in the city for a long time, but I'm in the city every day, usually five or six days a week. So I was there this summer was the bars and the clubs. Uh, and that was crazy because a lot of places didn't make it. A lot of places closed down. But the places that were open for the most part were jam packed. Um, and it's it's weird because you have half the population that is terrified to still be in public. And then you have the other half of the population, which is just like, fuck it. You know, I need you know, I want to go. I need people. Uh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, it's like, let me lick everything in sight. Like that's <laughs> that's the mentality. Right. Right. So in New York, it, it and I also I feel like with women specifically, the, the idea of hot girl summer is something that was taken completely in stride. And I see women being way more bold when they're dating this summer, uh, being way more into approaching people, having in-person interactions. Like that is something I think people maybe needed a kickstart to do. Uh, and I think the pandemic provided that a little bit. Speaking of being bold. So you've been in New York, James. I don't know if this is a thing in South Carolina, but it's, <laughs> and I can't help not notice, but this year, no women are wearing bras. What, what is the deal with, uh, maybe you have not noticed this. Maybe your undergarment routine has not changed, but I've noticed this summer, nobody on the streets is wearing a bra. Have you noticed the same that? Way that nobody's wearing heels anymore. Uh, you know, you were comfortable at home. Why be, why constrain yourself to the, you know, what, we were supposed to be wearing before. Yeah, I, I'm pro heels. I'm also in a weird way pro bras, though. I, you know, it's I, you know, there's some major good aspects of it. James, what are you, what are your thoughts when, when you see somebody walk it? I'm anti heels because they just make no sense. Like, why why wear something that is like functionally opposed to what it's supposed to be doing, which is helping you walk. Like, I don't think it makes any difference in, in terms of like a chick's physical appearance. So like if, if a chick's like, should I wear heels? So like, no, wear whatever is comfortable. I don't care. And I will like the footwear on a woman ranks near the bottom of things that I will notice in somebody. Um, and then bras probably more on the pro side, what? but <laughs> Oh, like that again, like, I don't really care. Like it, you do you, man. Well, it just, it's, I find it a bit distracting and, and I also feel bad for looking right. Like if I'm not wearing sunglasses, I'm just like, I'm just, you know, <laughs> or I'm screwed. Here. I mean, I that's like your problem. You know, it's, it's not, well, the person who's not wearing a bra's problem. Well, so, so it might be, I want to, I want to segue into the next statement being, I've noticed when you, you said bold, these were your words, I'm, <laughs> but I, I noticed a lot more women, especially at clubs wearing completely see-through shirts. 
And uh, I feel like that's very ballsy. I was telling my friend this morning, we're walking down the street and this woman's walking down with her boyfriend. And uh, we both kind of looked at each other and they were holding hands. I'm like, well, what, what's this, what's this girl thinking? And then secondly, what's, what's the dude thinking? And I said, you know, after we were well out of earshot, I said, ah, yeah, I kind of feel bad for that guy. Like, he's, she, she's showing it all off. There's no, you know, nothing left to question there. There's nothing left for the imagination. Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. I actually, I've kind of laid off a lot on TikTok. I'm, I'm not big on consuming too much social media. Like, I'm very, very busy. And for a while, I was literally posting every day on TikTok. And I just, I couldn't keep up with the comments and the messages and it, it was overwhelming. And I didn't want to just be making content and then not addressing anybody that was, you know, throwing these comments out there. So I've really slowed down, which is so bad. what you're bringing up about this mesh shirt is not about a woman being bold about her dating choices. It's a, her making a fashion choice, right? Mesh is really in this season. And because of TikTok, micro trends are progressing faster and faster and more people want to wear mesh. More girls are wearing tops that just look like scarves. That's fashion nowadays. And we've had a record hot summer in New York city. So clothing is, has to be, you know, somewhat breathable, practical. People are wearing mesh. Like it's just fashion nowadays. You'll walk anywhere below 14th street. You'll see people dressed like that. Yeah. My, my office moved to a new location, not a, huge upgrade location wise, but I will note it. I, I have note we're closer to fifth Ave we're in midtown. Um, and there's a lot more fashionable people closer to fifth Ave than, than there was before. And I also notice whenever I go downtown, people are dressed way differently, way cooler. Fashion is definitely the further South you go, you know, at least the closer to 14th street, you get fashion definitely, definitely goes up. So, but you're, you're, you're saying that's a fashion trend that I just. Yeah. I, I, even I, wearing bras as tops is a fashion trend right now. Interesting. Why None of these things have made it to Charleston. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. yet. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you it's out there in Miami though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Miami. Very much well, so. It's also much hotter, hotter than New York. Um, let me. Aside from your personal choice, speaking as a, as a female, you were dating a, a dude. Would you go out with a clear shirt on? Yeah. If that's yeah. something I like to wear, then yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not dressing for anyone else besides myself. And I'm, if I'm dating somebody, I want them to like the way that I like to dress. And James, if you went out on a date with someone, say it was your second or third date with them and they wore a clear shirt, how would you feel? uh indifferent like i i don't know as i've gotten older i've cared less and less about a lot of these things and like i just want to be i just want to find someone that i get along with and and i'm attracted to and like pretty much everything else doesn't matter dude maybe i i think i am just getting old like i'm just really old school this stuff is totally bizarre to me damn just let people be them and like Focus on the things that are important and throw out the rest. All right. So I want to, I want to talk about uh, dating apps because I have a few questions on, on dating apps. You're doing this new, I mean, you are sort of a matchmaker, right? (laughs) So, uh, but my question is how, how can we improve dating apps? Right. I feel like, the dating apps have gamified dating over the last 10, 12, 15 years, How, however long the iPhone has been out basically is because that's kind of when apps a year or two after 2007 is when apps kind of came into uh, popularity uh, and dating apps were pretty quick on there. What, do you, what are your thoughts on the gamification of dating and, and how we can improve dating in the online and app world? So, I mean, I'm not familiar with other like online sites per se. Like I don't know much about match.com or anything like that. Um, I'm very, very, very familiar with dating apps. Uh, I had Tinder when I was 16, which was the year I think it came out. 
And so for the, my entire adult life, I've known dating on dating apps. And so has like most people in my age group. Uh, I believe they work. I don't believe they're perfect. And the gamification of them, I think initially they thought was a good idea. I don't think they realized what they were doing to inherently change the psyche of an entire generation of dating, uh, but that's what happened. And now majority of people meet online than they do in person. So being on a dating app is totally normal. And what do I think about them? Like we, like we said, they, they all have different personalities, but honestly, like I think at this point, and this is coming from a design perspective and somebody who spends like all of their free time talking about dating, dating apps are not made for the user. They're made for the bottom line of the company at this point. So Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, whatever other app you're on, like those are the main three right now, right? So all of them have to make money somehow by matching people up. You're losing daily active users. By losing daily active users, you're hurting your bottom line. Uh, so they push these paid versions of their app to like, you know, promise a better result, but there's no, there's no actual intention of getting you off of the app. Like I, like I said, I've been on Tinder since I was 16. They have thousands of pages of data on me, what I like to swipe on, who I like, how tall they are, like what kind of education level they have, what they look like, where they might've gone to school or lived or whatever. Tinder has that data. And if they wanted to serve up the kind of person that I'm interested in and who's also interested in me, they could, but they're not doing that because that's not the business that they're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're not actively trying to present you with the absolute best matches. No. And they promise that if you pay for it, that might happen, but that's still not true. They still want you to pay $30 a month now, for their product. Now, do you think that most people, and I, I think this could be somewhat accurate, but on apps, actually, James, you have a, a a theory I think you read somewhere on on who messages who or something like that but do you know it has to do with um yeah like first messages or like I guess it would to translate it to like the current apps like like probability of swiping right um here's the study that I found and I, I'm I'll, I'll make it as quick as possible they took four guys and four girls um and let's just say that like on a one to 10 scale, they had like a three, a five, a seven and a nine for each for the men and the women. And they for the text, they actually just use the exact same paragraph for all eight samples. Right. And so you've got basically really attractive man, attractive guy, average looking dude, ugly dude. And then the same for women. And they looked at how many how many messages did each one get and this is back before like there was matching or anything you just saw someone's profile and you could send them a message and so unsurprisingly the hot chick blew everything else out of the water um but then what basically what happened was it was like the nine the the female nine way out in front the female seven pretty far ahead of everything else the male nine and the female five were about tied the male seven and the female three were about tied and the male five and the male three had like zero messages. So what I was going to say is I think that people may often swipe, which is the wrong way. Left is the bad way. Left is the bad way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I, don't I don't know. I think left is the good way. Like we're throwing this out. Um, no, but I think people swipe left on oftentimes the right people for them. And that's, that's, I think, one of the biggest downfalls with the online dating is that you're presented with this paradox of choice. It's tough to make a decision. You have too many options. And then you message always punching up. Well, there's also like what we think we want and what we actually want very often disagree. Yeah. And, and where they're gamifying these apps. I don't even think it has to do with the gamification. It's that if you allow people to pick what they want, like they're going to pick things that are superficial in nature that may not lead to what they, what their ultimate goal is. hundred percent. I think 
Well, one of the reasons I started the podcast was because I felt dating apps were too visual, right? Like you make a snap judgment on someone in two seconds. And that's not an exaggeration. It's literally two seconds where you can decide. Sometimes it takes me less. Yeah, exactly. Where you immediately decide, no, not for me. Whereas if that person approached you at a bar, it could be a totally different story. You could actually get along with their personality. There are other things that come with attraction that aren't just visual. Obviously, visual is a big part of it. That's the front runner on any app. Exactly. How you feel the instant you see that person. Yeah, good luck making an app that doesn't allow people to post pictures. Well, people have tried. Um, yeah, I know, and, they and, and they're not around. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to see that change. If I were an investor, the last place I would put my money is a dating app that doesn't let people put pictures up. So I mean, so- look at a uh, look at Clubhouse, right? Like it was very popular for a moment, and I have no idea what that is. Oh, Justin, we're, do you know what Clubhouse is? We're we're a little older than you are. So we're not <laughs> as in tune. I think I do, though. I think it's, it's only talking, right? It's I have talking. no idea yeah. what this is. Actually, None whatsoever. I, I ended up in church one day. I, I got a notification that popped up on the top of the phone. Not looking. I went to lock the phone. I must have hit it. Engaged into a chat room or something on like 1% volume. And I just went in the other room. And I, I'm looking around. I, I swear I can hear church music. Where is this church music coming from? And it was like a religious conversation and they were singing church hymns, uh, just a very low volume from my phone in the corner. So, but sorry, go ahead. It's it's Clubhouse, right? Well, it, yeah, Clubhouse was a very popular app uh, a few months ago. It's fizzled out. It's completely died. But it was audio based and you could hop into rooms and have conversations with people. And the reason it was very popular to begin with was because it was exclusive you had to be invited to it. And if you were on it early enough, you were having conversations with, I don't know, like Snoop Dogg or like people who were TikTok. Names, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like celebrities who were just on there. Tiffany Haddish, like would come on because she was bored and you could just like sit and have a conversation with her. Don't and know who that is either. <laughs> very famous comedian. Um, so it, it was big names like that, right? Mm-hmm. It, it also shot to fame when... Uh, Elon Musk went on Clubhouse to discuss the whole Robin Hood situation that happened with GameStop with the Robin Hood CEO. And that was a conversation people were only privy to if they were on Clubhouse. So it, it was like a very popular app for a little bit. And it became a place where people were dating and they were doing, quote unquote, shooting their shot. And there would be rooms filled with thousands, thousands of people um, trying to date audio wise so very strange there i would not be rolling the dice on that (laughs) you you could see a profile picture and then it linked to your instagram so it wasn't completely devoid of visual like anything Mm. but you there were people who would just get attracted to somebody by the way that they talked and the sound of their voice and so it, it kind of brought back that spark for people wanting something more than just a picture to make a connection I find that the more I talk, the less women find me attractive. So I, I try and avoid it. <laughs> Yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so question for, for dating apps. What are your thoughts on public reviews or some type of review situation on dating apps? So you see somebody's profile and they have like a Yelp rating. Uh, so you're basically just describing what Facebook was when it started which was like hot or not. <laughs> um, Facebook started as a, a way oh, okay. to rate women um, okay. on college campuses and has changed <laughs> and yeah. is now Facebook. Um, and now you can rate women in high school and middle school campuses. There we go. Um, there actually, there were things that when I was growing up where I forgot the name of the app. It was It was like when I was maybe in ninth grade or something where you could leave a review of a guy that you've like hooked up with and like you could write you know you could give them a rating and like write a review about them i'd be shooting for one star truly terrible think about it right like think about rating restaurants um on yelp do you go on to yelp when you have a really good experience at a restaurant every single time and write a rating about them pretty rare 
Well, this is this is this is the issue with reviews is that you're and I say this as a real estate agent, people don't when you look up a landlord and you only read bad reviews, you're not getting five star reviews saying five stars. I was so happy with this apartment. The refrigerator ran all 12 months, windows open and closed <laughs> like, like promise. But if you see a cockroach, you're like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? Fuck this landlord. I'm going to I'm going to roast them online until they do something. So exactly. So why would that work for dating? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I, know if I had a profile on that, I would like revel in the fact that I had one star like that would be hilarious to me. The, <laughs> um, like you, you just got to own it, man. Well, I realize I don't use Uber very often. My Uber score is is not great. I actually uh, one of the last times I took an Uber, the uh, lady said to me, oh, I usually don't pick up people past a certain rating. Uh, I, I forgot to check yours before you got in. I was like, well, what is it? And she's like, oh, it's, it's not good. <laughs> there's also a black mirror episode where you it's basically social media and you like rate people and based on your rating you have like a higher stance in society and well china's know. doing that Th so, that's that exact thing is happening right now in china James, so imagine if that was a dating app how terrible that would be yeah but also you there would be zero incentive to give a positive review because that would you, you that would be keeping that person on the market longer, right? So there so, we go. You answered yeah. your own question. Yeah, uh, I, was, I don't know. Pete Davidson has a, a bit in his comedy uh, in one of his standups where he talks about how he broke up with a girl and she went around telling everybody that he was really well endowed. And he's like, "What? Like, it took me a while to figure that out. Like, why she would do that? But it actually was genius because now any woman that meets me is going to be disappointed." <laughs> that's, fucked up. that's hilarious um all right i got a couple more uh a couple more dating what my, my thinking about the rating system is how i was thinking safety like safety is a big big issue with not, probably not a big issue it's probably actually very small but safety is an issue that you would think of when you're meeting random strangers from the internet that you know very little about there's no check-in check-out system um, you know, so how, how do we keep, you, are you running people's back credit and background or something when they sign up? So you, there's not much that these apps and websites can do. Unless I'm missing something guys, but. I think the safety issue is much more salient for females than, than males. Yeah, I actually just, uh, I just talked to a woman who started this company that is doing background checks for people and making it way more easy for people to do background checks. And they're integrating with Tinder soon. So mm. when people, you know, join, if you have like, I guess a criminal history or like you're on a sex offender list or something like that, there, it might show up on your, I don't know how it's being integrated, but it's, it's, it's something that's coming up. So I don't know how they would be able to do that. Cause like, for example, I'm not on any social media, but I use the Bumble and I can sign up with, with just my phone number don't have to connect anything else so so it's a criminal background check right so all you need yeah, is that's your... just tied to my phone like how are they going to find that out from my phone number that's all they need is your phone number they don't they don't need your social media to do a background check on you yeah you can do those basic online ones where you have somebody's name and it says is this person 52 years old in albuquerque or something and then it'll give you the history of that person once you once you basically find out you know if i type in james boswell and, and it says james boswell north dakota james boswell charleston south carolina i'm like oh it must be this one and then it gives you the the report on that one but i think i think it would be a cool idea to have like a like a blue check mark or whatever twitter has for verified if you've you know run if you've enabled the background check or something like that and, and passed. They have a blue check mark on Bumble and Tinder to verify that you're not a catfish. Yeah, like the, 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 you have to take a picture with like in a certain pose of like pointing at your head or something like that and send it to them. So that way they can like see, does this look enough like the other profile pictures for us to think that this is the real person? Mm -hmm. So the, there's some very basic level of identity, but... I don't think that the criminal background checks really go into a lay enough concern because like you could have someone that has a, a squeaky clean criminal history and still be a creep. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. true. <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right. Like, so, yeah, there's no way to really screen for that, right? Well, unless unless people are submitting bad reviews on that person, which reviewing is, them. Yeah, which is kind of where I can't, I, yeah. you know, I couldn't think of anything else outside of that. So that's what I got. Um, all right, a couple of a uh, couple of dating questions, James. Yours was you, this is one you suggested is how do you date when you're broke? What are your what are your thoughts on on that? Because it's yeah. I feel like it's got to be we're in our 30s. And you're in your 20s. I feel like it's got to be more common in the 20s, but more of a severe issue if you're in your 30s. I would agree. Yeah, um, it's hard. Like, I think that question's interesting because it depends on where you live, right? If you're broke in New York City, you might potentially have more options for things you can do. New York City has like a plethora of free things happening all the time. You can get creative with the way that you date, right? Like you can go to the park, you can go to a museum on the days that it's free. You can like, you know, there are activities that you can do. Um, but when it comes to dating broke generally, if you're with the right person, it just matters like the, like it, I guess it depends on how broke we're talking, but it matters like the thought that you put into the date, the care, like well, if you're actually trying, you know, you don't have to, like not every woman is impressed with, and we're talking heterosexual relationships, right? Like not any, every woman is impressed by like how much money you can shell out on them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I've had, I, I've told the story in the podcast before about the one person I kind of quasi ghosted and I was very broke, really struggling to take this girl on a couple of dates. And one of these dates, she, I don't know if she was like on Adderall or some type of something, but she just totally tweaked out, gave me this really creepy ass vibe. And, uh, and I was broke as shit. Like I had, you know, less than a hundred dollars trying, you know, thinking a oh, hundred bucks is okay to take somebody out to, to dinner because, you know, 20 something year old me taking somebody out to dinner is like, we're going to we're not going to get seven drinks, right? Like now I go out and, you know, the bill, no matter where I go, the bill's going to be a couple hundred bucks because we're going to have some drinks and probably an appetizer, but the drinks really add up to it. This girl came from a lot of money and like she ordered all this food at the dinner, didn't even eat it. She, oh, I'm not really in a good mood today. So I'm just not hungry. I thought if I got this too, I'd eat that. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to, like, I gave him the credit card. I'm like, shit, like if this thing bounces, I am really fucked. Like I got to come up with a, you know, whatever I got to tell the, the the waiter when he brings it back and says it bounced so like that's an embarrassing situation. But I don't know, I think if you're in your mid 30s and you're broke, unless you had some type of financial tragedy or something, it says a lot more about you than if you're 23 or 25 and broke. Right. Because you're fresh out of college, you know, but but when you've ha when you've had the last decade and a half to work. And, and you still and, don't have any money. <laughs> that's that says a lot about who you are as a person. So, but you're right. New York City, you do have a lot of a lot of kind of cool free things that you can do. Yeah, and also like in your situation, you clearly dodged a bullet, right? Yeah, but I felt bad that I never answered. And then, so it was big on LinkedIn for for a few years, and LinkedIn gives you this option to like add all of your contacts. So for years, I just was sending her requests to be my friend on LinkedIn. And I wasn't, I had a lot of messages and I found all these messages from her. Like, would you please stop trying to be my friend on LinkedIn? You ghosted me six years ago. It's like, whoops. Um, all right. So outside of being broke on a date, money's not really an option. How much? And so your, your podcast is called Drinks First by the way. So this, this question yeah. should be spot on the money here. How much do you drink on a first date? And how much should you drink? Actually? I don't think there's any harder, fast rule. I hate dating rules. I think they're stupid and outdated. Like you should go by however, you know, you're feeling. And if somebody is going to judge you for drinking too much on a first date with them, then Maybe they're not the person for you, but I well, would say- Well, you probably like, shouldn't be to the point where you can't stand up anymore. Yeah, no so what. What, what I'm going to say is like, you know your own limits, right? Like I, I have friends who after one beer are on the floor 
um, they should know that, okay, well, I'm only going to drink this much. Whereas for me, like I'm somebody who can handle my liquor and I can say, okay, well, I can have three drinks on a date and be totally fine. So it it's, there's no hard or fast rule about how many drinks you should drink, but I do think you should be cognizant if you do, if you do think that maybe you're spending a lot of money. I mean, I'm of the camp of whoever invites you out on a date should offer to pay for it. And I always, I'm sure that was going to be your next That was literally my follow-up question to this. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. Uh, I think whoever offers to take you out should offer to pay. And I'm, I always offer to pay to split. I always offer to split on the first date. Um, If I really, really had a bad time, I will insist that I pay and I will make sure that I pay because I I don't like owing anyone. I feel like that's, I I get uncomfortable when women try to offer to pay. Uh, it depends really with how much force that they offer. But I also feel like that's the rule. Like the woman really wants to pay. It's probably because like, she's like, all right, I'm going to throw in my 30 or 50 or 70 bucks. And, and now we're good. Like, no, I don't have to feel bad about this. Yeah. So like if they really, really want to pay, like this is my, this is how I operate. I will only really, really want to pay if the date was bad and I don't ever want to see them again. I will always offer to pay. And if they take me up on it, like when I just say, Hey, like, let's split it. Then I have no issue in paying. I won't be offended if they say, yeah, sure. Let's split it. And and there, there are also times if you're going back to money, like I, I work a job, I make a good amount of money. And if I'm going on a date with like a teacher, I know I'm making more than them. Like I sometimes feel bad when they insist because of their own masculinity that they need to pay for a date when I know I already make more money than them. And this is probably putting them out more than it's putting me out like that. We should just split it, but I'm not going to ever say that to them in person, but it's something that I'm thinking about if I am in that situation. I I do like it when a woman offers to pay. I think that, you know, and then I said, no, no, I got it. And then they say, okay. And I often feel like that's the answer that they're looking for. I I think that's oftentimes. Yeah, it's a game. I mean, it, there is a bit of there is a bit of a game there, but um, but I definitely look at the insistence to pay as a bad sign. Like if, you know, they, if they pay, I'm, and I'm not saying this is a hard or fast rule. I'm just saying from my experience, if I put my card down and I pay, and it wasn't because they were absolutely insisting that they should pay, and I still pay, that's a bad sign. If they say if they take me up on my offer, then fine. I offered. Like, I can't be mad about that. So, so Kazi has a good question. Well, good. He said first dates should be coffee dates or walk in the park. I don't think I've ever been on a coffee date. I've walked um, I might've, but what is, what's the best first date? <laughs> it depends on the person, right? But my podcast is called drinks first for a reason. I think getting a drink with somebody is a good casual way to get to know them. If you're sober, if drinking is not your thing, then yeah, get, you know, do something else, go for a walk in the park and get coffee. Like that can also be cute. Yeah. But if they don't drink, that's probably a, a big red flag, right? It depends on who you are. <laughs> it's if you don't drink and they don't drink, then it's probably good. I, 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 yeah, I agree. Uh, but no drinks first is in my opinion, the best, the best first date. I think movie is a terrible idea. Agreed. Um, you can't talk and get to know someone when you're watching a movie. It's very strange that people think this is a good date idea. Let's go to a movie. I don't actually. It was 50 years ago. Actually, Kazi, I might be, I might be picking on him. I think he's been on uh, some movie first dates. Uh, but yeah, you need to be able to sit facing the person, get to know them you know, make sure that you vibe well together. <laughs> Rosh says, what type of food is allowed on a date? He says, I remember a lot of salads and never lobster because it's messy. And that makes me think of oh, a long time ago, there was a thread saying like asking the question, what's the worst thing that you can, what's the worst thing you can say on a first date? And there was a whole bunch of like vulgar stuff that was obviously bad, but like, you're just like, well, of course. But my favorite one was she'll have the salad. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, if somebody ordered for me without asking me what I wanted, I would probably be pissed. Um, <laughs> but what type of food is allowed? I I think if you're going on a first date, you should go somewhere 
and if it's drinks and it turns into dinner, then great. Don't go on a dinner first date. I don't, I think that's too much commitment. That's actually really good advice. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, the thing is, it is a lot of commitment to, if, because you may get there and five or 10 minutes in, you might be like, this is not, this is not good. Then you got to suffer through dinner. You got to watch, got to watch the other person eat. That's why an appetizer, something light, like a cheese board or something where you can kind of pick at, but like at any point you can bail. Yeah. Something shareable. Like that's, you know, maybe something that's not like heavy on garlic. If you're planning on like, you know, doing stuff later. I don't know if you're both (laughs) having garlic, you're all right. Yeah. Maybe carry a stick of gum. I don't know. But if you're a dinner first date is a big commitment. If you already like, if you don't know if you're going to get along with this person or you've never met them before, um, especially if you're a guy, you might end up paying for it and then you might not like them. So. Uh, Uptown Tracy says, I hate when a guy asks me to take me out for a drink. Well, I'm well, what else are we supposed to do? I'm curious. Yeah. I'm I curious like, what else you would want them to do. Yeah. You know, the, uh, see, the drink is, is almost everybody drinks for the most part, but that's, it's what else are you going to say? You know, let's, you want to go read a book with me? I feel like it's, I mean, you could say, Hey, like, can I take you out? But if you're not the kind of person who doesn't like when a guy takes you out for a drink, then maybe you're not going to get along with somebody who wants to get a drink with you. Well, that could be your I- initial indicator right there. That that's- Well, let me put exactly. it this way. If, if I ask someone, like, Hey, you want to grab a drink sometime? That's a that's a broad statement for do you want to go on some kind of a date? It doesn't have to be drinks. I'm just using it's a euphemism for a date. Yeah, well, it yeah. might mean that to you, but to someone else, it might literally mean a drink. Yeah. Sure, but so so where is the best place in the real world to meet people to potentially date? If you don't want to meet on a dating app. If yeah, if, if you if you yeah. want to give it a shot, the old school way, mm-hmm. you want to you you, you want to see a stranger you're attracted to, mm-hmm. try to get to know them. How does I feel like that's I feel like that's really just the idea of it is is scary for many people, and not common. That I, I feel like that's not how people are, because now God forbid, especially well you know asking somebody out for drinks at work could get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. so especially how you ask mm-hmm. so what what are your thoughts on the best place to, in the real world to meet in real life yeah I just had this conversation I think I don't think there's necessarily I'm not going to say oh a bar is better than being in a park I think you need to be somewhere that one you need to be alone if you are with like a group of five girls and you're going out it is so much harder for a guy to approach you when you are with like your squad of people. I'll tell you right now, as a dude, I won't. If yeah. I see you with like four people, I'm just like, I, I, the odds are already against me. This isn't there we happening. Go. Exactly. So you, you have to be open enough to go somewhere, number one, alone. If you want to meet somebody, you know. In Wait, so the meetable person has to be alone. Yes, that's what yes. she's saying. Yeah, you, you don't have to be alone. Maybe one other person, like if you're maybe with one other friend, but if you look like you're, deeply distracted by the person that you're with, you're in conversation, you're doing something, more often than not, somebody's not going to approach you. If you're alone, you have a better chance of being approached. This is this is advice to women from a woman for a heterosexual relationship. Like I can't talk about your experience, right? When I go places alone and I'm not like, there are times I will go alone just because I want to. And I'm not like, dressed up in any sort of way. I'm just kind of like doing my thing. You go somewhere alone, you go somewhere that you're comfortable. So if it's a bar or restaurant that you frequent, that you know the waiters, you know the bartenders, like there's a level of comfortability or you go to a park where you read a book often, you go to a museum that you know how to navigate, go somewhere where you're comfortable, where you seem confident and that area will put you at ease. Be there alone and don't be on your phone the whole time. I think those three that's, things. That's very tough. That last, well, that last part. I mean, it sounds like you can just boil this down to a tautology. If you want to be approached, be approachable. Exactly. So the, there's a comment from, so Tracy says museum. Milad says mutual friends. 
And I think what a if lot you of don't it, have friends? Well, <laughs> well, if you're new to a city, that could be tough. But I feel like that, you know, back in the day, like people used to kind of match make a lot more for their friends. I don't hear of that. I think it's happening way more now, way more. I have a desperately single friend who's been stuck in his apartment for 14 months. <laughs> he lives in his mom's basement. He hasn't shaved in three months, but yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah. I think more often than not, the the best way to meet people is friend of friends. And again, like that. Your friends is, know. Your friends might know. Yeah. But that's like, you have to, your friends have to be willing to take that risk if they're going to set you up with someone. Right. So that's, that's kind of like the concept behind my podcast. I am betting people and presenting them to an audience of people who are interested in potentially going out with them. Right. And it's coming from my recommendation. So if people trust me and my taste, then they might really like the person that they're going on a date with because it's not some random person they found online. Um, I think meeting people through friends of friends is great. If you are asked to go somewhere with a friend, say yes. If it's a housewarming party, if it's a bar, if it's just like to meet their other group of friends, I think that's a great way to meet people. Yeah, so we get laser tag. And then, then, <laughs> then so a laser tag might not be a bad date for like date. That's actually two, not three, terrible. Yeah, four. date like four. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's a little it's a lot on the on the first date. And then the comment from Alejandra saying when you go to a restaurant or a bar and all the waitresses team up uh on your date and they say hello to you and what would you like? Do you want your regular that yeah, but I don't think well, I don't know many people that are regulars at, at bars and restaurants. I have my regular places. But also, I feel like a lot of people. Are, I got to step in here for a sec, because as a bartender, um, if I had regulars that, that, that came in with a date, like I wouldn't treat them like regulars because I didn't know what they wanted. Like I wouldn't treat them like a regular until they showed me that that's how they wanted to be treated. Like, if the guy came in and he's like, hey, this is James. He takes care of me all the time. Then I'm like, okay, cool. He's in regular mode. He's on a date, but he know, he wants to be treated like a regular. But you don't, as a bartender, you need to have that awareness to make sure that you're not screwing up somebody else's date. And so you don't treat anybody like a regular until they signal to you that that's how they want to be treated. Well, that's so a, they walk that's in with a date and you don't pour them the beer and the shot that they always order. You act like you've never seen them before. But that's that's good bartender skills because when a guy walks in with his wife and he was there last week with his girlfriend, you don't you know you, you don't want to you want to call him out. Oh yeah, I had some regulars that were like that too. There's like you don't talk about any of this. I was like, no. <laughs> I, I as a bartender, I imagine that would be a kind of a commonly. It happened often enough. I was like, I'm your bartender. I, I'm not your marriage counselor. I don't care. Like. I get you drinks. We have a good talk. You go on, move on with your life. All right. So look, I got this. Uh, this is new for us. I got this idea from your podcast. Uh, I got some rapid fire questions for you, which I like. I, I think we're going to implement these. This is good thinking. And then if we have time, we, we got about seven minutes left. If sure. we have time, we'll hit some uh, viewer and listener questions on, on Instagram. Uh, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Your go-to drink. Uh, it's a vodka soda with lime and mint. And mint. And mint. Nice. Boxers or briefs? Boxer briefs. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, your favorite bar? The Katana Kitten in the West Village. The Haunted Kitchen? Kitten? Katana Kitten in the West Village is my favorite bar. And it's great for dates. Katana Kitten. Is it newer? Mm-hmm. No, and it's actually one of the top 50 bars in the world. They make amazing drinks, but it's not overpriced and the vibe is great. It's not too stuffy and it's in a great neighborhood where you can easily move to another place afterwards. Nice. All right. I didn't know that one. All right. Swanky Lounge or Irish Pub? Swanky Lounge, I guess. I'm, I'm bougie. All right. Uh, your favorite movie? The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> All right. Nice. Good one. As a New Yorker. Um, one thing you'll never drink again. Ah, oh, a pickleback. 
<laughs> people would order that when I was bartending. I could never understand it. Disgusting. People just people order shit that doesn't. Jägermeister is not a good drink, you know. Oh, I actually do like Jaeger because I like the taste of licorice. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Well, then <laughs> like that's Sambuca. I like absinthe. Also, yeah, absinthe is that. awful. Yeah, because I like the taste of licorice. <laughs> it's a licorice. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's on my list. All right, tattoos and piercings. Turn on or turn off. Depends. You know what's really big right now is the thigh tattoo. That's like when a guy has a thigh tattoo, like in my in my like age range, that's like really hot. Apparently, where, where right does now. it where does it go on your thigh? Like on the top of your thigh, like by oh, your knee. Like here. Like closer to your knee. So like if you were wearing shorts, you'd be able to see it. But I'm I'm mostly not a tattoo or piercing person. I don't have any. So. James, you have any tattoos? No, not allowed. Yeah, okay. It's against uh, the rules. It's against the rules. Crustaceans and tattoos. Um, I am tattooless. Ranch or blue cheese? Neither. Mm-hmm. Uh, best TV or movie platform? Where do you stream your your movies and videos? Uh, I guess like Netflix. I don't. I don't think there's a best though. I watch stuff on everything. Disney Plus, actually, Disney Plus, because I love Marvel, and I just watched all of Star Wars, and Disney, I guess, is great, you know, Disney Plus. Beer, wine, or liquor? Liquor. All right, liquor gets you there quicker. All right, let's see what I I can pull up from our our viewer questions. There was a couple of them. Uh, My phone's going to die. Uh-oh. Do we miss anything in the comments here? Um, not too much. I'm looking through some of the questions that we shopped earlier. Kazi saying, is Katana Kitten an otaku bar? Is, uh, is he joking around or is that a, a real question? Um, I think it's a joke. Uh, quick, quick, quick one. Um, when's the right time to pull the plug on a prospect? On a prospect? Like someone you're dating who you don't want to be dating anymore? Is that the question? Vaguely. I think the once you know you're not into somebody, you should communicate that and move on with your life, so you're not wasting your your time or theirs. Yeah, I think it's it's you got to be fast. You, yeah. You, something that bugs you early on in a relationship, or even in <laughs> dating, is going to is going to drive you nuts. Are you good over there? I'm scurrying across my floor. Oh, you're in New York City. That's just, they should be paying rent. Oh my God. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, all right. So let's, let's hit uh, some of these. Elizabeth asks, who is your perfect person for a date? I don't know if I, if I understand that. Like, do I have a like perfect a perfect person? person? Like, do I have a type? Like, is I that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that's an oddly personal question. I feel like. Uh, and who's uh, that directed to? I, I don't know us <laughs> just in general. Um, what qualities would you take into account to have a date? So what are you looking for people in having a date? Mental stability. <laughs> kind of number one these days. Not on my criteria list. <laughs> Some people love the crazy. Some people really love the crazy. Um, <laughs> I've got a bad history. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think for me, it's like if I'm chatting with somebody and I don't know them, uh, like them kind of being a good communicator up front and being like chill and not being overly prescriptive or not being like too like back just somebody who seems like they're interested and is an interesting person to me but I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to be on dating apps too long if we're having a good conversation I want to meet you in person and figure it out it's a it's it's a good way to be you can't everybody says they want to be pen pals no, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, you got to get to in person fast. I'm uh, so busy. I can't waste my time texting people. Yeah. I don't know. Elena SJ says, how come men don't go up to women anymore? Because they're afraid. Yeah. One, one it wasn't pushing. easy to begin with, and it's only gotten harder. Well, yeah, it, but also they do still. So they I mean, do, but I don't think they do as much. Yeah, and probably I not also, as much. I also think the pussification of our generation doesn't help and the fact that everybody is so easily offended so you have you have men getting wimpier and then you have 
the kind of the rules and the offensibility increasing. So it's, that's why, um, guy flirts offers to help you and then goes ghost or then the next follow-up question, I guess the question is why do men ghost after having great chemistry with you? Chemistry wasn't that great. They're just not that into you. That's, I think that's what it is. People want to win whatever they're doing that interaction. Um, but when they, when they're out of that moment and the, the chemistry is not there, they can kind of reevaluate. Um, and then last question, we're going to run out of time. Girls find me repulsive. What do I do? <laughs> Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, All right. We're running out of time. Quick answer on that though. Exercise more bathe. Yeah. Be your best self. Take care of yourself the best way possible. Uh, thank you, Ariana, for joining. Everybody go and follow Drinks First Podcast. And uh, we are out, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. Uh, that concludes this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget, especially if you made it this far, that you need to subscribe to make me a happy dude. So subscribe, like, comment, interact with the podcast. It all helps us. Thank you for that. And I'll see you guys next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.